as someone on the faculty in public health at Yale, I, I cannot pretend that there's a legitimate debate about vaccines. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll pass, but. According to the CDC, 95% of polio cases had no symptoms. If polio was so bad, where are all the people now in their 70s and 80s inflicted with polio? Post-polio syndrome, where's all these cripples running around today? Because now what's happened is you've seen an explosion of autoimmune, of asthma, of allergies, of childhood cancer, of learning disorders, of anxiety, stress, people addicted to pharmaceuticals. It's not the only thing you know going on is vaccines. Obviously, that's what you talk about on your program all the time. And the parents have absolutely no recourse, and then they go to their idiotic pediatrician, that pill pusher who only knows one way to practice and one way to live and one way to make money, and the pediatrician says, eh, there's no link. It was debunked. What would happen if everyone stopped getting vaccinated? Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncie is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncie is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncie is an innovator. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Muncie. Buckle up for a great episode. We got a hot topic today, as you've seen uh, by the title and heard in the intro. We're talking about vaccines and quick, a little background on uh, what you've heard and what's coming up. So, my original plan for this was to bring in two experts, outspoken, um, on either side of the fence. Uh, I wanted one person from each respective. Um, angle on the vaccine debate. Uh, Dr. Wolfson, who is on the show with us today, uh, is anti-vaccine. And Dr. David Katz has published quite a few uh, pieces of literature um, in support of immunization and vaccines. Um, when we hit record and went to start, as you heard in the intro, and as you'll hear after this, uh, Dr. Katz passed on the opportunity to participate. I have followed up with him via email. This is what Dr. Katz had to say. Ryan, there's a prevailing tendency in our culture to presume that someone with whom you disagree must be ignorant and uninformed. I encounter it routinely. I have read arguments on both sides of the immunization debate, just as I have looked at the arguments of intelligent design. In both cases, there is an obvious conclusion to reach. I have reached mine not for want of information, but rather for following the weight of evidence where it clearly inclines. Evolution by natural selection is real. The earth is greater than 4 billion years old, not the biblical 3,500. Climate change is real. We are complicit in it, and we are going to pay a very high price for blinkered denialism. Immunization can, of course, do harm, as can all medical interventions, but it does massively more good and is not meaningfully implicated in autism. By participating in such a debate, the scientist fosters the false notion of equivalence between someone with actual content knowledge based on years of study and someone who simply believes what they prefer to believe. Indulgence in just such folly has given us a modern population with a medieval mentality Despite flying in planes and beaming electrons through cyberspace as you and I are doing now, more Americans believe in angels than evolution. As you invite me to consider the counter-arguments to immunization, I invite you to consider the counter-argument to propagating such false equivalence and, such, and science denialism and the very real costs of it measured in years lost from lives, life lost from years, species expunged from the planet's native biodiversity, and quite possibly a planet soon to be inhospitable to our own species. Perhaps we deserve the last one. All the best, David Katz. All right, guys. So 
with that in mind, um, so just first of all, to Dr. Katz, thank you for sending that and uh, for you guys. My intention with this show, the OPP in general, and this episode is to provide you the tools that you need to make an informed decision for yourself. The vaccine thing, topic, debate is a hot topic, and, and it is a debate. Uh, Dr. Katz wants to pretend like there is no debate, but when you have somebody in a position of influence like him who refuses to talk about something, that's a red flag to me. That means something is going on. Um, I posted on uh, Instagram stories uh, the day that this happened, you know, him refusing and, um, you know, kind of stirred up a little bit of, uh, you know, interest for this show when it came out and received a few messages from some friends of mine who are uh, in the medical industry. Um, and it was interesting. You know, one of them said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed and it sucks. It's bullshit. But at the same time, I understand because, um, you know, he, he's part of the system and he gets his funding, his paycheck and, you know, research. All that stuff is dependent upon the government and big pharma. And, you know, if you're even seen questioning it, then, you know, all that stuff gets cut out. You get ostracized. And, you know, for somebody to be in a position of influence, uh, you know, the, the director of health, the director of public health at Yale, that is a huge responsibility. And it would, in, in my idealistic and purest brain, that is a person who should want to seek the truth and should want to educate people with truth, not um, biased uh, direction. Um, so anyway interesting show today. Uh, like I said, my original intention was to present both sides. Uh, we're going to get basically the anti-vaccine side. Uh, in doing the research for this episode, I watched the documentary Vaxxed, uh, Vaxxed documentary. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, as well as a link to uh, everything that we talk about. As always, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post for this with links and resources. Uh, Dr. Wolfson talks about the uh, documentary that he and his wife have made. Um, it's called Wide Awake Movie. We'll have links to that, um, links to everything else, studies that he mentions, and um, you know all that good stuff. Go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the show, this episode in particular. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, feel free to jump in the conversation on social media. Uh, find the posts for this at Natural Stacks uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and, you know, share this, share this episode. Um, you know, as Dr. Wolfson says in this show, you know, this is how we get the information out there. CNN's not going to talk about it. Uh, mainstream media is not going to talk about this. So it's up to, uh, you know, sort of uh, independent media like this to get the word out. So share this episode and the OPP itself with people in your life who you know will benefit from and enjoy the things that we're talking about. Um, but, you know, I guess just, just to go back and, and wrap this up uh, and get right into the actual interview with Dr. Wolfson, you know, I, I have even more respect for Dr. Wolfson after, you know, hearing, you know, what some of my other friends in the medical industry said, where, you know, they understand Dr. Katz's apprehension to speak publicly uh, about even questioning this. So, you know, for, for Dr. Wolfson to be so vocal about, you know, anti-vaccines, you know, he, he's basically um, excommuning, excommunicating himself and, and, you know, getting rid of any potential support that he may ever get from, you know, orthodoxy. Um, and for most people, you know, outside of that profession, they may say, oh, well, you know, that that's easy in theory to do, but, but for somebody to actually live that it takes balls, uh, it takes commitment, it takes passion, um, commitment to your values. And, um, you know, I, I think some of the research that's presented in Vaxxed is is very interesting. As you'll hear in this podcast, basically with Vaxxed, what you're going to get is uh, one of the co-authors in the study that is used by the CDC to say that there is no link between vaccines and autism. Uh, you have a co-author of that study saying that they doctored the data to get the results that the CDC and Big Pharma wanted. Uh, he's coming out and uh, he's been trying to come out with that information for quite some time. There are people in the know who are trying to bring this stuff to light. And there are people who stand to lose a lot of money who are trying to prevent that from happening. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting conversation. 
Uh, you guys enjoy the show. Let me know your thoughts. And uh, hey, live optimal. Keep thinking for yourself and love to hear your thoughts on the show. I didn't hear you say that. I'm sorry. As someone on the faculty in public health at Yale, I, I cannot pretend that there's a legitimate debate about vaccines. Okay. Well, all right. I, I, um, so I'll, I'll pass, but... Um, okay. Totally understand that. Uh, um, you know, and again, I, mean, I certainly uh, express my opinions about the importance of immunization, but, um, but I think, you know, I, I don't control this format and, you know, I'm afraid that my involvement may let, make it seem as if I, I feel there's, you know, a legitimate topic of debate. I, I favor research on the topic to answer the unanswered questions, but, you know, again, the net contributions of immunization stand out as one of the great achievements in the history of public health. And unfortunately, there's, uh, we, we live in a society, from my perspective, you know, that doesn't experience the diseases we've effectively prevented, so they've forgotten that. I, I just don't want to propagate the view that there's a debate here. Okay. So I'll, I'll thank you, and we can follow up the email. And if we agree on a topic, we can do this some other time. Okay. Okay. Uh, all due respect, Jack. Thanks. No, thank you, you got it, David. Bye-bye. still there, Jack? I'm still here. Okay. Uh, that's disappointing. I mean, not surprising. Is a classic example of, you know, his job depends on the vaccine paradigm. He's sitting here telling us that he's on the faculty at Yale in the public health department. What's he going to do? <laughs> What's he going to say? You know, that's, that's his job. And anything he, unfortunately, anything he says to the contrary, you know, would uh, mean the end of his job. So he has to be brainwashing in that system. And I was just like him. Um, and, uh, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, you know, a big deal. He's going to sit here and talk about B6 and Sammy for depression. Big fucking deal. Wow. You're a real, real hero, pal. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't think this really changes, you know, what, what you and I can, can discuss. I think it's just, it's going to come across as one-sided, um, mm -hmm. but that, that's fine. Um, you know, so, so let's, let's, let's just have a conversation and, and I'll record intros and outros later. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, but if you want to frame it, I mean, I don't know what your relationship is with David Katz or how important he is to your mission. Um, so I think we can record some really meaningful content, uh, but I'd like to also basically, uh, we can call him by name or not call him. Hey, you know, Hey, Ryan Muncie here. And, um, you know, we were supposed to have a debate this morning between Dr. Jack Wolfson and Dr. David Katz, uh, but uh, Dr. Katz, you know, refused to uh, engage in the discussion. Uh, and, um, you know, let's, let's kind of talk about why and then talk about how we move forward. And, you know, let, let's talk about is there a debate? I don't know. No, that, that, I think that's perfect framing. And, you know, to just to answer your question, I mean, no, I mean, there, I, I don't have a relationship with him prior to this. And, um, you know, I felt like reaching out to uh, somebody who has been outspoken, um, you know, you heard sort of his standpoint on things just in that brief interaction. But he has written a few well thought out uh, posts in regards to, you know, why he feels like vaccination is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think from from what he's written, the uh, I think he frames it or phrases it as um, uh, let's see, I actually have a note of the way he discussed it, epidemiology over ideology. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to, to his credit, I mean, things like polio and smallpox have been eradicated and, and they're no longer part of uh, the world that we live in. And I think it's... Uh, 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 Ryan, I'll tell you what, why don't we talk about this? So as far as I'm concerned, you know, you just brought up um, uh, polio and we just kind of, you know, let's just jump right into the whole polio thing. What is... Um, poliomyelitis by definition means gray matter inflammation. That's all that it means. Gray matter inflammation. It comes from all the Greek, you know, uh, uh, you know, words, um, uh, in terms, uh, in translation that describes gray matter inflammation. So what are the things that cause brain inflammation? Well, viruses can do it of which pol the polio virus or a virus named poliovirus uh, is one of those things that can do it. Um, but other things can do it as well. And even today, we've got outbreaks of acute flaccid myelitis, transverse myelitis, um, acute flaccid paralysis. We have polio-like illnesses, gray matter inflammation, all over the place, and they occur from viruses, but they occur from pharmaceuticals, they occur from environmental toxins and heavy metals, and you name it. So if cats were to come on and say, hey, we eradicated polio, 
I would say a few things. Number one, what was polio in the 1930s and 40s? Was that acute flaccid paralysis or the symptoms related to polio, Guillain-Barre syndrome, for example, those symptoms, were they from a vaccine such as DPT? So if you inject DPT in someone's arm, they had extreme inflammation, extreme discomfort. Now the limb became lame. Um, and then they did things to isolate that limb and to... And then that limb became contracted because it was disused. They had no physical therapy in the 30s and 40s. They had no ability to diagnose an actual virus back then. There was no blood testing. If you had symptoms of weakness in one of your body parts, they said it was polio. And then eventually they said it was a virus. And then there was this whole race to come up you know, with the vaccine. If polio was so bad, where are all the people now in their 70s and 80s inflicted with polio? Post-polio syndrome, where's all these cripples running around today? First of all, there's not many. Um, by numbers, there were not many polio cases in the 30s and 40s. And once again, those cases, what were they from? Were they from some mysterious virus? Um, or were they from other things, arsenic, pesticide exposure, right? The 30s and 40s was the dawn of the chemical age when they were spraying children with DDT to get rid of mosquitoes. There was some nasty stuff going on. Fundamentally, Ryan, you are all about building your body up. Mm -hmm. If your body is healthy and strong, you can defeat any virus, including polio, including measles and mumps and rubella. There is nothing about the virus that causes paralysis. It is the body's response to a virus that can cause paralysis in rare occasions. If your body is strong, if you're a strong host, that's what we need to profess. We don't need to inject millions and millions of children against the hepatitis B virus or the polio virus or any virus, we need to focus on keeping them strong. And that's what Katz as a public health official doesn't get. He doesn't get the health and wellness message. He's getting the vaccine message because that is how he's been brainwashed. But I was just like Katz. I was trained just like Katz. My father was a cardiologist. I went through 10 years of medical training. I get where he's coming from, but his job depends on him not understanding what I'm talking about. For you, I mean, you said, I think that this is an important point for our listeners. You know, you come from that classically trained background. You've been in that position. What was the seminal moment for you where you said, oh my God, the orthodoxy is wrong. I want to break free and, and shift my, you know, the paradigm under which, you know, I operate. Well, I'm going to give all the credit in the world to my wife, who's a doctor of chiropractic, or as she says, a doctor of cause. I mean, and, and as soon as she said uh, that uh, she was never vaccinated, her siblings were never vaccinated, uh, it's, it caused me just an, an, an instant frame shift to say, wow, what are we vaccinating for? Chicken pox? Chicken pox, a benign childhood infection that was a rite of passage for millions of children. And oh, by the way, there's evidence that having chicken pox as a child re reduces your risk of heart attack and stroke by up to 30% in the journal Atherosclerosis from 2015. I'm a cardiologist. You're telling me that something can reduce heart attack risk by 30%? You know, why, why is that? What's the, what is the connection? Well, I don't think we know the you know the, the connection for sure, but I think obviously these are immune boosters. Yeah, getting childhood infections, measles, mumps, rubella, uh, chicken pox, exposure to the the elements, if you will, primes our immune system, and when the immune system is healthy, it doesn't start to attack the heart or the brain or the gastrointestinal tract. So. Heart disease, my friend, is autoimmune. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look under a microscope and you look at coronary artery plaque, it is all immune cells that are there. What else would be causing it? This villain cholesterol that the body manufactures? It's, you know, all animal species make cholesterol. And wouldn't you know it, it's the cholesterol that attacks. You know, there's no attack mechanism in cholesterol. <laughs> it is the immune system gone awry. And where does that start? It starts from vaccine damage. Where is it beneficial from? It's beneficial 
from getting the natural infections. And then, you know, when I spoke of the truth about cancer, when Dr. Heather and I were up on stage at, at the truth about cancer, we talked about all the different childhood uh, infections, measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, that decrease your risk of cancer. So guys like cats are playing with mother nature. Uh, there will always be viruses. There will always be bacteria. We can never outsmart them. We can never defeat them. And the fact that they say they've conquered chickenpox, uh, they've done the country a disservice because now what's happened is you've seen an explosion of autoimmune, of asthma, of allergies, of childhood cancer, of learning disorders, of anxiety, stress, people addicted to pharmaceuticals. It's not the only thing you know, going on is vaccines. Obviously, that's what you talk about on your program all the time. But um, you know, for cats to get on here and say, you know, he can't have a debate. Well, he can't have a debate because his job is in the public health department and the public health official, all of them, thousands and thousands of people that work for the health and human services, federal, state departments of health, county uh, uh, departments of health, pediatricians, family practitioners, that's their job is to vaccinate. If they don't vaccinate and they don't tote that company line, what job do they have? And there goes the pharmaceutical funding. So um, all I'm telling people is embrace natural health and wellness and don't inject your kid with, with poison, mercury, and aluminum, formaldehyde, polysorbate 80, uh, aborted fetal tissue, animal tissue. You are screwing your kids up all in the name of diphtheria, diphtheria, uh, pertussis, tetanus. Pertussis is a cough. Tetanus was rare 100 years ago. Uh, diphtheria uh, is gone and it's easily treatable with, with antibiotics. Uh, and obviously with chiropractic care and natural remedies to prevent any serious consequences from diphtheria. Ryan, these diseases were 100 years ago when the world was filth, when we lived in our filth. There was no sewage, no sanitation, no focus on food or sunshine. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if you're a child in New York City in 1910, what kind of, you, know, you think you were having your big organic smoothie every morning and your big organic salad for lunch and your grass-fed meat for dinner? Uh, 1910, New York City child, you were malnourished living in filth, not getting sunshine. If you're that little dude, you're screwed. Yeah. You're screwed. Yeah. Um, but that's not the answer. In 21st century America, the vaccine system needs to be abolished. It needs to be gone. And uh, David Katz, man, I hope you listen to this, buddy, and wake up and change the world. You are killing children. You're not helping them. Well, and this is really, you know, one of the things that I was hoping to to share with Dr. Katz was, you know, I, I in preparation for this, I watched the documentary Vaxxed. And I'm not sure if you've seen that, but um, if you haven't, I would recommend it uh, not only for you, Dr. Wilson, but for everybody listening, go check it out. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's an incredibly uh, eye opening look. And, you know, Dr. Katz said, you know, I don't want to pretend that there is a debate. And a lot of people in his camp and in the camp of orthodoxy and, and traditional medicine, um, you know, will say that the link between vaccines, specifically the MMR vaccination and uh, autism, has been debunked. The entire documentary, Vaxxed, is uh, it's directed by a guy named Andrew Wakefield who was hired by the UK. Um, he was in a government position in 1996 to study the MMR. As it is known today, it is a triple vaccine. So in one shot or one sitting, you're getting all three of those, the measles, mumps, rubella, as opposed to uh, single injections or single treatments for each of those. He found then um, you know, that he, his, his finding at that time in 96 was that he supported the, the use of the single, but not the triple MMR. Um, and at that time, uh, the governments in the UK and the US actually revoked the licenses uh, for doctors and medical systems to import single vaccines. All the big pharmacy uh, companies stopped producing single vaccines. Um, and this was all serving the interest of governments and big pharma to protect uh, their program rather than protect children. Once that vaccine was you know, kind of set in motion and became what is used, and you see it's, it's talked about as the schedule of vaccination now, uh, the gist of the movie and the reason that this is a story and what I wanted to present to Dr. Katz and anybody who is pro-vaccine, if you think that it's been debunked, it has been, but because 
the authors of the study in 2002 manipulated the data to get the result that they want. One of the five co-authors, William Thompson, is heavily involved in the documentary Vaxxed. Now, what we've got is a situation where you have four co-authors who won't say anything or decline to comment uh, versus one who is coming out and saying, we saw the data going in a way that wasn't favorable for us. So for two years, they sat behind closed doors and changed the experimental protocol in terms of how they analyzed the data so that they could change the statistical um, analysis and get the results that the CDC and the government wanted. Um, and they're coming out and they're trying to talk about this now. He's protected because as a government employee, he can't come out and say things. So he's got to tell citizens how to you know, request this information. Congress has to subpoena him in order for him to be able to talk about this under oath. He can't voluntarily uh, go and disclose this information. Um, so it's a really tricky situation. And there's yeah. a lot of people with vested interests trying to hide. And, and um, But my point was, you know, I want, I just wanted to ask Dr. Katz or, or anybody who's pro-vaccine, you know, are you aware of this? Like the, the thing that you're building your argument on is actually still in question. It's not, mm. it's not this, you know, oh, the well, Katz, you know, Katz briefly said, you know, that we need to do, you know, more research. I'd like to say, you know, what, what the, that's the problem, David, uh, there is no research. Uh, show me the research that says 70 uh, doses of 17 vaccines versus placebo is safe uh, and effective. Show me that that the study yep. doesn't exist. And that's, that's uh, the, the MMR data, you know, that you, you know, you talk about uh, in the movie Vax. Uh, you know, clearly there's an issue with that study. One of the MMR studies was uh, the lead investigator on that was a guy by the name of Paul Thorson. T-H-O-R-S-E-N. Check out him. I think they talked about him in Vaxxed. He's a, he's a fugitive from the U.S. government. He stole over a million dollars from the CV, CDC, uh, and he's a fugitive in Europe now. Uh, there, there's some dirty people that did research. Uh, the data is faulty because the people, uh, you know, nobody's going to publish research uh, that is contrary to the vaccine uh, system. It's career suicide. And they told that to Wakefield. Uh, to know, I know Andy Wakefield. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. He's not even anti-vaccine uh, outwardly. Uh, behind closed doors, that may be a different story. But Well, outwardly, uh, he recommends... Um even just splitting the, the triple MMR into in a single movie, shot. That was his point. He was never an anti-vaccine guy. His right. point in, in the 1998 study was, hey, we need to do some research. And oh, by the way, in the meantime, let's spread out the MMR. I'm totally against you know that because once again, I have a 10-year-old and a five-year-old. And frankly, Ryan, I'm pissed off that they're not going to get measles, that they're not going to get chicken pox. They should be exposed to that. And, and it is... Um, it is rather unfortunate, obviously, that they're not. But whether it's the movie Vaxxed or documentaries, the truth about vaccines, vaccines revealed. Heck, my wife and I did a two and a half hour DVD, uh, you know, did a seminar that's recorded on DVD and available on our website called Wide Awake for digital download, where your audience can go to wideawakemovie.com and, and digital download. Two and a half hours, all the references are in there. Uh, I'd love for, you know, to. Uh, it, to have someone like David Katz watch a movie like that, watch my, you know, watch, uh, you know, the, the docu-series Vaccines Revealed. There are hundreds of doctors like us. There is obviously a debate for him to say, I don't want to pretend. He has to pretend there's no debate because that's his job. And it's, uh, it's I mean, I would say to David, David, why are we giving uh, every newborn baby the vaccine against hepatitis B? I mean, why are we starting with that? Why are we loading up our kids with aluminum? Show me the long-term data that that is safe uh, and let alone effective, of which it's not. Um, you know, I would, you know, you know, we can all trot out, you know, oh, smallpox. Smallpox uh, left the world because it just naturally mutated out of society. It was not common. It was a disease of uh, an infection of uh, uh, filthy uh, people in filthy times in the 1700s, 1800s. It's just a virus, man. It's just a virus like the common cold. We'll shake it off, I promise you. <laughs> well, and to sort of play, I guess, devil's advocate to the anti-vaccine, since we've lost, you know, the, the that side of the debate. Yeah. Um, and this is something that, you know, like you said, even, even Dr. Wakefield is, is not 
fully, at least publicly, not fully um, anti-vaccine. You know, a lot of what's talked about in the movie is it's the the link. Um, so, so some of the data for you guys listening, if you haven't seen Vaxed, what they actually saw looking at the study, and and again, here's I guess another step backwards. You know, you just mentioned this, Dr. Wilson. The, there, there is no study in. Uh, that looks at vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. All of the studies, both both sides studied are vaccinated. It's everyone in the study got vaccinated and then it's did they or did they not get autism? There are zero studies comparing the MMR vaccine to a placebo, which is interesting in itself. Even Congress is asking the director of the CDC, Colleen Boyle, why they haven't done that study. And the CDC is hemming and hawing and not answering because they know. And here's a quote from the, uh, I, I think it was, it was somebody in the movie, but it was somebody, um, uh, somebody with, with access to the information. But basically they knew that the reason they don't is that the results would be astronomical um, you know, against what the CDC wants them to look like. In the study that they do have, where they're comparing all people who have been vaccinated, there's what's called a race bias. African-Americans are 2.64 times more likely to get autism if given the MMR vaccine on time. Mm -hmm. And and if I'm going to take a devil's advocate stance, this is the key. It's on time. Um, If they're a male African-American, it's 3.36 times more likely. And that is compared to receiving the vaccination after three years old. If you're not familiar with the vaccination schedule, then that shot is normally uh, delivered between 12 and 18 months. So what we're looking at is this 700% increased risk if shots are given on schedule compared to after three years old. So even if you're going to vaccinate, you know, you don't necessarily have to take the position of being totally anti-vaccine, but try why can't we try to get the the triple mmr shot you know divided into three single shots and then and then delivered and then delivered after three years i mean wouldn't that yeah no 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 i i'm gonna i'm gonna totally disagree with you my friend the problem with spacing out the shots uh is number one spacing out the shots uh, subjects you to three times as many adjuvants, right? So mm-hmm. if the vial of measles and the vial of mumps and the vial of rubella also contains aluminum and polysorbate 80. So spacing it out, I mean, listen, if you're going to, you know, w- what's worse, taking three different poisons at once or spacing out the poison, you know, three separate occasions, uh, you know, it's still poison nonetheless. And once again, the point is, what's the problem with getting measles, mumps, and rubella? It's okay. They're just benign viral childhood infections infections. And if you're going to tell me, oh, what about the poor kid with cancer in California that he can't, you know, if he, he could, he's got no immune system because he's on chemotherapy. Let's circle back and say, why does this kid have cancer? Why was he given chemotherapy? Right. Focus on that. Don't focus on giving my child an injection loaded with aluminum and other toxins uh, to supposedly prevent measles. What about that child with cancer? What protects him from the flu? The flu vaccine doesn't work. What protects him from the common cold? What protects him from anything in society? You know, would you take an, um, uh, an immune-suppressed child into a pediatrician's office where the sickest of the sick are sitting? I wouldn't want to bring, I wouldn't want to bring my healthy child into a pediatrician's office, let alone if my child was, was, uh, uh, had cancer and chemotherapy and no immune system. I made the comment on CNN that that child shouldn't be you know, going out of their house. They should be staying inside their bubble because anything else out in society can, quote, unquote, be harmful to them. Focus on why the child developed cancer. I think a lot of it is coming from the vaccines, but once again, we don't know. And Ryan, wouldn't you know that, for example, in the case of the um, uh, HPV vaccine, that the vast majority of the studies were, were done where there was aluminum in the placebo group? The aluminum contained poison. The aluminum wasn't just like a sugar shot. Uh, it contained the same amount of aluminum as in the active so, uh, you know, you know, dose. So the, da- wow. the data is fraudulent. The people who do the studies are, are fraudulent. The whole system is a joke, and, um, and it's sad. And to me, it, it, fundamentally, it's just child abuse. You're abusing your child by injecting them with poisons with no data or research. 
Well, here's some more interesting stuff that was presented in the documentary. I mean, they, they mentioned that, uh, you know, it's it's very easy as as we're listening to this, you know, we want to question, you know, why, why, why? Uh, obviously, it's it's financial. Um, you know, it's there's so much money involved. Getting a single vaccine on the schedule is worth thirty billion dollars for a drug maker. Um, that's and, why and, that's why there's over two hundred and fifty vaccines in development. I mean, there's all kinds of cardiology vaccines and and cancer vaccines. This is what ph- pharmaceutical companies think is the future. We know that pharmaceutical as drugs are concerned. It's kind of like a dead industry. There hasn't been anything you know big you know that's come out mm-hmm. on the pharmaceutical side. It's all about the injectables. It's all about the vaccines. And uh, and 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 here's here's the thing is that Ryan is that the pharmaceutical companies. Uh, they know they will make a boatload of money on vaccines, but then they also know that on the back end, that when the vaccines of which they can, we cannot sue them for the damage, when the back end damage happens to all these millions of people, then they get to take more of the oral pharmaceuticals, right? When the vaccines damage, uh, you know, cause damage and now they're depressed, anxious, auto, you know, uh, autoimmune, now comes in all of their other drugs. It is a game and we are the pawns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it fuels, uh, it, it creates that dependency upon the system. And, and once you get in it, you're, you're forever perpetually on it and needing more of it. And, and it just continues to fuel what they're trying to do. Um, right. I mean, they don't want to cure cancer. They just want to. Uh, there's no money in, know, in, in, in the, the, people being healthy. No. All the money is in treatment, not curing. Exactly. Uh, and we talked about this. We, we recently had uh, Eric Remensberger on the podcast, and Eric was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer. It was a nine on the Gleason scale, and he basically healed himself. Uh, he only used uh, one 30-day dose of um, uh, something, some medicine started with an L. I forget the name, but it helped him actually go to the bathroom, helped him with urination. Um, but he didn't do chemo, didn't do radiation, none of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think that was an important discussion that we, we talked about, you know, with him was with radiation and chemo, you know, it, they're non-tissue specific. So, you know, you're damaging the mitochondria of, of healthy cells. And that kind of touches on what you're saying with that, you know, the, that hypothetical kid who has cancer and a compromised immune system because he's on chemo. Yeah, most certainly, you know, and once again, you know, to your friend, I would, you know, I, and when I take the most in-depth, uh, you know, histories in the world out here in Arizona, when people come to see me, I ask them all those different factors, you know, why do you think you got prostate cancer? What was going on at the time? Environmental toxins, all those things. But uh, I mean, listen, you know, fundamentally about vaccines, when I spoke at Autism One and I spoke at a, a vaccine event uh, on neurodevelopmental disorders in in Vermont, you meet hundreds and hundreds and thousands of moms that tell you their ch- and dads for that matter mm-hmm. their child was normal one day mm-hmm. got vaccines and the next mm-hmm. day they were not and then they went back to the pediatrician and the pediatrician laughed it off yep. saying there was no link whatsoever you know ryan muncie i know that you are a biohacker right i know that you're like oh well you know i ate this uh you know uh, uh whey you know grass-fed whey protein bar and my heart rate went down by three you know beats per minute i'm a biohacker i know every little nuance if you're a biohacker, you tell me that parents are not biohackers of their children. Yeah. My, we've got a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old. My wife knows every nook and cranny about mm-hmm. those boys. That She knows they're getting a common cold before they get it. Mm-hmm. She knows everything about them, and so do these other parents. And it is so insulting and so degrading to load up these children with multiple rounds of vaccines, and then they're damaged, and then the parents have absolutely no recourse, and then they go to their idiotic pediatrician, that pill pusher who only knows one way to practice and one way to live and one way to make money. And the pediatrician says, eh, there's no link. It was debunked. And, and we know once again, from what you said about vax from the CDC, the data that exists is fraudulent. The data is full of holes and fundamentally there is not much data at all for which we speak of. And, and, um, it's uh, it's it's criminal. It's criminal what's going on, and, and it's just it's going to take down. It's going to take down our country. It's going to take down the world. Yeah, so. it, it's it's really sad. I mean, you know, like you said, there are thousands of these cases, and and parents are not making this up. Parents know what their kids are like, and and when you you have an event 
X and then everything after that, things change. And in most of these cases were the exact same situation where, you know, they would get a fever, the fever would break, and then all of a sudden their their mood, their disposition, all these other things were, were different. And, you know, there, there's thousands of these cases and, and maybe more. I mean, it's in Just, the package insert. I mean, it's in the package insert from the pharmaceutical companies where they talk about brain injury, seizures, uh, autoimmune, you know, disorders. It's you know Guillain-Barré syndrome. It's all in there. It's all in their their literature. If you go to the VAERS, you know, the government's vaccine adverse events reporting system, there's there's hundreds of thousands of reports of vaccine injury, uh, including death. Uh, and then ultimately, there's been over $3 billion awarded to families of vaccine-injured uh, uh, children. And that's all done through the kangaroo court of, of the U.S. government. So uh, if, if it was open season on the vaccine makers, uh, the vaccine industry would come toppling down, and uh, which would be a good thing because now my children can get the measles. <laughs> well, and here's uh, you know something else to, to consider, too. I mean... And I guess my question in this for you is going to be, you know, when you speak at these autism events, um, you know, is there something besides vaccines that is leading to the rise in autism? Because, I mean, the trend right now is vertical. If you look at the graph uh, of, you know, the rise of incidents in 1975, it was one in 5,000. Um, now we're at about one in 45. And the trend is that by 2032, one in two kids and 80% of males will be somewhere on the spectrum of uh, having autism spectrum disorder. It can't just be vaccines, can it? No, no, no. It's definitely not just the vaccines. There's, and, and this is in the literature, you know, for that matter. We know that women uh, that are obese, uh, that, um, uh, you know, have, have a higher risk of, of delivering a, uh, a child with autism. We know that vitamin D deficiency is linked to autism. Uh, we know that environmental pollutants, uh, heavy metals, uh, uh, persistent organic pollutants, volatile organic compounds uh, uh, you know, are linked to autism. Uh, uh, we know that uh, smoking and alcohol, uh, sugar intake, all, all these things you know, do it. I mean, all the things that you and I both have discussed in the past and that you yeah. discussed with your listeners, all those things are linked to it. So it's not just about vaccines. But I think what happens is, is that all these children are so loaded up with the environmental toxins, and then you just push them right over the edge yep. with a round of vaccines. The child has a seizure. The child has brain injury. The child has spikes a high fever. The child just wakes up the next day and is just not talking. I mean, can you imagine that if you're a parent and your child is making is is your baby is making all these different milestones, and then they receive the MMR. Uh, on their on their first birthday, when they were just starting to really become interactive, and they're saying, you know, you know, sounds that that are you know precursors to the first words, and then the day after, the child doesn't speak anymore. I mean, what does David Katz and the and the health department at Yale? What more do they need? But the problem with Katz and Yale is that they get their funding from the pharmaceutical industry mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. federal government. So mm -hmm. Katz can't say anything else. He can't say that there is any form of debate because he can't debate me. If he debated me, he would lose miserably and horribly. And well, even just acknowledging, you know, that that there, you know, that there is a debate is acknowledging that the other side may be right. And, and I don't think that if, if he's being funded by CDC or government that, that they, they don't, that's, that's just, it's not in their best interest for him to even acknowledge I mean, that. But, uh, you, know, you know, go back to, let's go back real quickly to 1950, you know, I mean, was, was there, was, was there any logical debate about uh, the safety of cigarettes? Nobody was calling for, for cigarettes, uh, you know, to be pulled from the market or claiming that they had, you know, that they cause cancer, emphysema or any disease. And if you were a doctor who would go up against uh, big tobacco in 1950, you were done, you were done. So uh, it's it, it, the same thing is happening all over again, and uh, it's 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 just so sad because, like you said, the rate of autism is is progressing, and where it goes and how soon it gets there, nobody knows. There's no data, there's no literature, there's no studies that'll tell us how it's going to be in, in you know twenty thirty years. Uh, but the trajectory that we're on, yeah, I mean, and and uh, you know certainly it could be about the money, but what if there is something more sinister? What if it is? Uh, you know, some people pulling the strings and it is fundamentally about controlling the population, mm -hmm. right? If, 
if you're an autistic male, you're not really, uh, you know, likely to procreate. You're not likely to um, uh, find the other uh, sex uh, appealing. And, uh, and, and, and even if you did, let alone the ability uh, uh, to have a baby and, and fertility rates, I mean, all these fertility doctors, their offices, I mean, there's waiting uh, lists for women and, and, and couples with fertility issues. Uh, you know, this is, this is uh, uncharted waters and it's going to be scary for the generation that my child uh, my children are living in. Well, there's a, uh, an autism, um, expert on the, on the, uh, Vax documentary, Doreen Grandpichy, or uh, I'm going to butcher her, her last name. Sorry, Doreen, if you happen to hear this or if anybody knows her, but, um, she runs a, a facility, uh, card and, um, and she's been doing autism research for, for decades. And, you know, she said that one of the um, links that she has seen with pe- like young kids who develop uh, autism and maybe weren't that way in the beginning uh, was that the body can't detoxify the way we're supposed to. And then it has to do with the toxic overload, which supports the idea of, you know, some of these vaccines being given too early. But just like you said, uh, Dr. Wolfson, with with GMOs and pesticides in foods being a co-contributor and the rest of these other uh, environmental toxins. So I think, you know, that's definitely something to be aware of if you are uh, thinking about having children is, you know, reducing your um, uh, exposure to these um, environmental toxins and chemicals. And and not even if you're just having children, but for your own health and your own future. Yeah, no, but certainly if you're going to bring a child into this world, you better get yourself healthy beforehand while you're pregnant. Everything that goes into your body is going into that child. So you need to take all that stuff into consideration. Uh, You know, but once again, you know, Katz, you know, was, was on with us, you know, very briefly and Katz, you know, made mention that, you know, more research needs to be done. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> a lot more research needs to be done because there is no uh, uh, you know, meaningful research that has been done on any of it. How would you design like the ideal study or, or what would you be looking to uncover if you could design that research? Well, if I was going to, if I was going to uh, design the ideal study and frankly, I don't want to, because I don't want, I, I, I'm, as I said before, I'm, I'm angry that my children are not getting the infection. So it's not like I'm looking to green vaccines or make a safer vaccine. But if I wanted to do a study to prove that vaccines are dangerous, yeah, I would take you know, a group of a thousand children and 500 got uh, the full vaccine schedule, 500 did not. And let's follow health outcomes for 18 years and see how they do, preferably longer. But let's start with 18 years, you know, for, for childhood and and see what shows up. And I and I guarantee you and, and you know, and Wakefield makes uh, makes this point very well, that what is swaying Wakefield, I think, over to the side of 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 natural immunity or children without vaccines is the fact that he's meeting all these different children of un, that are unvaccinated and he's seeing the sparkle in their eyes. He's seeing the way a child should be uh, as opposed to all of the vaccine injured children that he has seen in the past. He's Wakefield is a brilliant man. I mean, he was, he published uh, dozens and dozens of articles uh, in mainstream journals, he was with the biggest uh, hospital system in in London. I mean, this was mm-hmm. a heavy hitter in the research world. A brilliant man, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and he's obviously very observant. And he has seen over the years well, the unvaccinated child is just different. Yeah, and I mean that that brilliance and and power of observation is exactly why they went to him to have him look at those studies before the vaccine was was brought to the market. They just didn't like what he found. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, no doubt. No doubt. But listen, I mean, you know, Suzanne Humphreys, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, would be a great book for you to check out. It's called Dissolving Illusions. And that really uh, tells us the truth about polio, the truth about smallpox. Uh, she's a board certified nephrologist. When I was at Autism One, I was meeting pediatricians and pediatric neurologists and ER doctors. I mean, there's so many doctors. There's, uh, you know, physicians for informed consent. Uh, which uh, I was a part of when it was Doctors Against Mandatory Vaccines. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're not about informed consent. We're not against mandatory vaccines. Uh, uh, we are against the whole vaccine system. So there are, in any case, there are hundreds of doctors that are speaking out about this. 
and uh, we have to win the day. We have to, you know, use the media like this to get it out there. We're not going to hear it from the talking heads like David Katz, uh, you know, at the Department of Health and at Yale University. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's his job. But uh, you know, wake up, David. You've made enough money over there. Learn the truth and become a. Uh, seriously help society here uh, by, by demanding better for our children. You know, and it's not just the, the physicians in that um, medical system. It's, it's actually all of mass media who is owned by, uh, you know, CDC, government, big pharma specifically. Sure. And, and this was something that was pointed out in the documentary. So uh, the, the one co-author who um, was part of that uh, data um, uh, manipulation who came out, he came out in, in 2014 as the CDC whistleblower. And that hashtag CDC whistleblower started trending on Twitter and it went viral all across social media. But despite that, it, the story was never picked up uh, on any major television network. Yeah. Someone posted it themselves on CNN's iReport uh, and it was actually taken down. And then the only thing that was reported on major media outlets was this outbreak of measles from Disneyland, where something like 640 cases uh, were not even, uh, not even it, it was 140 cases and nobody died. Uh, and I'm not aware of any cases of long term sequela. I, I don't know where these parents are, of these children. I mean, it's not like anyone's even talking about it. I mean, 140 cases is nothing. Uh, and, they're, and they're lucky children because now they're prevented, you know, from getting heart attacks and strokes uh, to a much greater degree. But I mean, listen, you turn on the evening news, you turn on CNN, Fox, whatever it may be, and every commercial is about pharmaceuticals. So we're not going to win that debate. When I was on CNN, um, I certainly was not very skilled uh, at the art of debate. Uh, I, I, I'm a doctor. Uh, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not media trained. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I was able to get some points across, uh, and but th but that debate is now gone. There's no opportunity to get on mainstream media, like Katz just said. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna debate this issue. There is no debate. I mean, and that's the the company line that they have to uh, tote, and um, uh, it's it's. You know, it's it's extremely unfortunate because uh, even when Bob Sears, the famous pediatrician, was on, he's talking about uh, there's too many vaccines and and uh, and it's unnecessary for some of these things. And while he's talking, they put the image over right in front of his face, and it says, you know, millions of cases, you know, of measles prevented and and thousands of lives saved. So while you're talking, they will block your message. So what's the point of even going on there? And uh, this is the grassroots, man. This is this is your show and everybody else that I'm on with. This is this is uh, this is the internet. This is how it's going to make a difference until they shut us down. Well, I think I mean to your point. I mean, I think what was the point of going on there? Like, if, if you go on there and that happens, somebody who's watching, who's not brainwashed or or has an open mind, is going to see that presentational bias from you know somebody like CNN. When when you were on there. Did you experience, um, you know, a bias against your side of that debate? Well, you know, I was the last one to speak. So first they, uh, you know, they talk about, you know, the, the measles outbreak, like, whoa, the measles, you know, outbreak, you know, everybody shut their doors and close the windows and stay inside. The measles is coming through. Um, the whole idea is preposterous. If you look back at the Brady Bunch episode from the 1960s, if you haven't checked that out, you know, Google Brady Bunch measles episode. I mean, I mean, what were they all morons on that show? I mean, the producers and you know, stuff. They, it was a, it's a time capsule of what measles really was. Uh, why is it any different now than it was in the 1960s and all the other? You know, there was a Flintstones episode. I'm a child of the of the 70s and grew up watching the Flintstones. And there's a measles episode on the Flintstones. It's 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 hilarious. It's hilarious. And they're doing the same thing with, you know, with chicken pox. So uh, my children's generation, they're going to look back on chicken pox and be like, oh my God, chicken pox, what a scourge. You know, but nonetheless, CNN puts up the measles data and then they put up the, uh, they trot out the story about the child with cancer and chemotherapy and he has no immune system. And if he comes in contact with the measles, he could die, you know, and then they bring out some Dr. Hollywood, you know, who talks about that vaccines are the greatest things ever and save the blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then it's like, what say you, Dr. Wolfson? And then I start talking and then the guy jumps in and, you know, I start talking and the guy jumps in and, uh, I got the point out there, the, Hey, listen, our children do not uh, need vaccines. Health is not found at the tip of the needle. It's found through good nutrition, avoidance of chemicals like vaccines, uh, and chiropractic care to see your chiropractor. They need to be the doctors, 
who handle all pediatrics. They need to be the doctors, the go-to people, the gatekeepers, the primary care physicians, or the chiropractors, the natural docs. That's who we need to go see, not pediatricians uh, uh, and doctors like David Katz. Well, I know you said that we need more studies and we need studies looking at, you know, vaccinated versus non-vaccinated, but hypothetically, and for people who, you know, wonder this, you know, what would happen if everyone stopped getting vaccinated? What would happen if everyone stopped getting vaccinated? I often think about that, and it's certainly very interesting. Um, I think that slowly over time, and hopefully, there will be more and more cases of measles, uh, of the chicken pox. Three million people a year in the United States got the chicken pox in the 1970s. So we, we, uh, we embrace that. We want it to come back. Uh, um, even even viruses like polio, according to the CDC, 95% of polio cases had no symptoms, not even a sniffle. So rarely, rarely could there be some association with uh, paralysis. And so what that, that was yeah, from is anyone's guess. Like that whole imagery of you know polio and, and requiring the iron lung and all that is yeah. just like scaremongering? Or, uh, well, well, there's no doubt it's here, Mongri. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not saying that children didn't get sick from whatever they were getting sick from, whether it was a virus or it was an environmental toxin or, you know, arsenic poisoning, um, you know, the iron lung. Uh, the iron lung, I mean, some of the pictures I've seen are children um, uh, smiling. Do yourself, I don't want to say it's a favor, go walk into any pediatric hospital and go into their intensive care units. They're pediatric intensive care units. They are full of sick children on ventilators. So we've, we've used one imagery, but I've got plenty of imagery because I worked in that system. I saw what was going on. There's plenty, plenty, plenty of sick children. And we've traded in these benign childhood infections for chronic long-term diseases on our kids. Our kids are as sick as ever on more pharmaceuticals than ever. And uh, I see it because I see who my children go to school with. I talk to the parents. It's, uh, it's, it's just so obvious. Uh, but, uh, you know, listen, I welcome chicken pox, measles, mumps, you know, as a viral infection. Uh, uh, pertussis is a cough. Uh, both my children had pertussis, and it's a cough. And the vaccine for pertussis is very ineffective. It's really interesting. So I, I take it your children are not vaccinated. My children are not vaccinated. Uh, my wife and her siblings, we know hundreds and hundreds of children that are not vaccinated. They are so healthy, so incredible. I haven't seen any of them come down with any significant illness whatsoever. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, like I said, if you keep your children away from the poison, they just do so, so well. It's so amazing. All right, Dr. Wilson, it's been, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, we're going to wind this down a little bit. You have, uh, you've previously been on the show. We'll put a link to that appearance in the show notes for our listeners. Definitely go back and check that out. We, we covered a lot of really cool stuff in that one as well. Um, on that show, you, you answered your top three tips to live optimal. So I want to give you a, a slightly different closing question today. Um, maybe three ways or places or resources for our listeners to go to expand the way they think about and view um, thinking in general, um, not necessarily on the vaccine, not to mm -hmm. vaccinate uh, debate, right. Uh, right. but uh, just sort of mind expanding, uh, jumping off points. Well, what I would do is, you know, certainly three things for the vaccines. I would watch our wide awake video and that's available on our shop page at the doctors Wolfson. It's also available for digital download wideawakemovie.com. For vaccines, I would uh, check out Vaccines Revealed, and I would also check out The Truth About Vaccines. Those are long docu-series with uh, dozens of hours of interviews from attorneys, from physicians, from parents. Uh, really, really amazing work that was done there. For health information, listen, I think my book is a great start. I think there's some fantastic books uh, that are out there. I love the original work by, uh, by Weston A. Price um, uh, Foundation. 
uh, uh, from, I'm sorry, from Weston A. Price from the 1920s about the importance of eating our ancestral foods, uh, but also living the ancestral lifestyle, which is so important. Uh, we both have a mutual friend in Dr. Jack Cruz, K-R-U-S-E. Uh, he writes some brilliant stuff about the power of the sun, the dangers of EMF and artificial light, about the benefits of seafood. If you're a vegan, I encourage you, please at least eat oysters. Why can't a vegan eat an oyster? I don't know. Um, uh, you know, so those are some great references. You know, Jack uh, talks a lot uh, uh, over the head of just about everybody on the planet, uh, but his fundamental things are, you know, get sunshine. Uh, I've, I talk about sunshine in my book, which is way before I knew Jack. It's just, it's just living the ancestral lifestyle, living the primal lifestyle in the 21st century, recognizing that all these things are a problem. I think those are great resources as well. Um, you know, paying attention to shows like yours, podcasts like this, uh, the information's out there, you know, and they're like, oh, Dr. Google, well, you know what? Google takes me to PubMed.gov, and PubMed.gov is all the medical literature. So being a Dr. Google actually gets you much more information than your five-minute office visit with a pediatrician who's got a one-sided opinion, uh, and it will only vaccinate you. Otherwise, get out of their office. It's the pediatrician's job to vaccinate. They don't do anything else but support the vaccine paradigm. All right, Dr. Wolfson, uh, website uh, for, for your personal practice and, and you information? Got my friend, uh, thedoctorswolfson.com. That's my wife and I. Uh, we've got, uh, we got a website redesign going on right now. We got a shop page. We, should, we appreciate the support of anybody who checks out our supplements, buys our supplements. Supplements supplement a healthy lifestyle. The food's not the same as it was 100 years ago, even the best organic food. Uh, the soils damage the water, the air. We need nutritional support. And I do the most in-depth testing in the world to determine what people need. Uh, and there are certain vitamins and minerals that are beneficial. So uh, check out the doctorswolfson.com uh, and uh, keep in touch. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on social media, and love to have you all as friends of ours. Yeah, for you guys listening, we'll put all those links on the show notes, make it uh, easy for you to go to one place and get all this stuff. We'll have links to the Wide Awake movie, uh, Dr. Wolfson website, all that good stuff. Uh, Dr. Jack. It's been great, as always. You know what? Uh, if you would, maybe you know, send personally a copy of this to Dr. David Katz and let him watch it and then decide if he wants to come on and debate because, David, you're a fraud. I will tear you apart. I will show the world what you really are, and then you can recover from that and come on the side of health and wellness. The public health department that you represent, public health is where I'm at. You're at pharmaceutical health of their bottom line. That's where you're at. Come and learn the truth. All right. There you guys have it. Uh, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post for this along with links, resources, and the show notes. Um, go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on this show and the OPP in general. And as always, share the podcast, share this episode and the OPP itself with anybody in your life who you know will benefit from and enjoy the things that we're talking about. A lot of good stuff here today to share with folks that you know. Uh, and as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you.